gentlemen and welcome to the show on this episode of the podcast we will be discussing everything wl weller we'll go through the history of the distillery current news and of course our personal favorite aspect of the show the tastings we're especially excited about this one and of course with me as always is my exceptional and brilliant co-host andy kleshik andy how you doing this week i'm doing very exceptional i mean we're in the middle of a berman hunting season right now special releases so i'm I'm striking out so far, but I'm hopeful. Fingers crossed. Hell yeah, we're uh, you know we're all, we're always on the hunt for these rare bourbons, as are all these bourbon fanatics that listen to us. I'm sure. Uh, but as Andy alluded to, we are in the middle of fall. It's a great season. Uh, honestly, fall is probably my favorite season of the entire year uh, for a, a myriad of reasons, one of which, of course, is the uh, availability to all of the uh, exclusive bourbons. Uh, with tours, of course, today we are doing a show on W.L. Weller. We've got, uh, we, we're going to be doing both uh, the green and the red label. We're going to be doing the Special Reserve, and we're going to be doing the Antique 107. Uh, so we're going to be doing a more official tasting later on in the show, but every, we're, Andy and I are going to pour ourselves a drink of the special reserve, at least to start off the show. Andy, yeah. why don't you go ahead and pour us a, uh, you know, pour us a drink sure of thing. this green label special reserve WL Weller here. Of course, we're going to have a more, uh, a more, a more official tasting later on down, uh, into the episode. Uh, but we want to have a little, a little something, something while we're, uh, while we're working on this. Andy's being very stingy with the pours, I see. It's for special occasions. The only the red is for special occasion for our uh, for our Silicon Valley fans out there. Um, the, the the green label is not that hard to, to find access to. No, it's uh, tough to find, but still, at least in my experience, kind of tough. Okay, okay. I know that Kroger there, and uh, I'm it's, not even gonna say it. I'm not even gonna there, say the location. We, we're not gonna spread it. We, there's I rumors of where you can and can't find it. Right. I know there's a I know there's a space uh, a place next to you uh, that's not too far. Pretty uh, pretty easy for you to find some of that green yeah. label. I'm sharing my red label with Andy today. You'd think he'd be a we're, little more generous with the green. We're, but we're, we're splitting bottles for this are. episode. That's and we have about. one because each of us has one of each. So right, we do. Uh, so yeah, but it's fall. It's 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 my, it's the most wonderful. It's you know, if everyone likes Christmas, winter, I think this is the most wonderful time of year, Andy. It's you're getting I those, agree. You're getting those cool evenings, but you, you know you, you don't have to. You know, it's not going to be cold during the day at least. Um, what what is fall your favorite season or or, or uh, like what are your thoughts on I, fall? I'd say I'd say fall or like right in the transition between uh winter and spring are like the perfect times for me and i definitely agree with you on the weather there i think the big reason for me that i like it is um at least fall is it's like the nights aren't too cold but days are like just perfect temperature wise and weather wise normally right for us here in cincinnati but the big reason i like it is it's bourbon special release bourbon hunting season it is um there's a couple season yeah there's a couple that we've um been really looking for i mean luckily we were very lucky to find in our area at some different locations uh the antique 107 weller and the special reserve weller but also we kind of struck out a little bit on blanton's trying to find a backup if anywhere else has it eh taylor's been tough yeah each taylor has been tough as well um angel's envy although i will say for all of our listeners uh angel's envy their cask strength is releasing within the next month to month and a half roughly so be on the lookout for that if you can find it at your local liquor store and then also the mother of all limited release bourbons 
the one that almost no one can find, that everybody wants and pays thousands of dollars for on the secondary market, releasing in November. And John, I think you know who I'm talking about. Pappy. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's releasing November of this year, pretty much their standard release time. Uh, before we go into Weller, that's like the big holy grail for all of us to find. So mm-hmm. if you can find it, I know this year is probably going to be a little bit tougher in order to find just because of COVID and all the uh, restrictions there in terms of how you can line up and try and find it and everything. So mm-hmm. be on the lookout where you can. Um, Send us a bottle. We'll give you a special <laughs> shout out. Yeah. And uh, we if will you can afford the, it. We trust me. We will, we will repay the favor. Uh, if, if, yeah. We'll, we'll make it worth your while. Not more than just a shout out. We're not going to you know get too into it. Uh, nothing weird. Uh, but we'll, we'll definitely uh, we'll make yeah. it worth your while. Yeah, I know, I know this year, um, this is really isn't the episode that we want to do on it, but uh, this year they're going to do a little bit less of the 20 and 23-year-old Pappy. Um, I guess supposedly, per the press releases that I can find, um, just a little bit less came out of the barrels this year. But the 15-year-old, 13 or 15-year-old Rye, they got a little bit more of this year. So a little bit twist from their normal release amounts on it. But yeah. Keep in mind, if you're searching for bourbons, that that's going to happen. Of course. I so. am very, yeah, be on the lookout. We will as well. We've got a couple of special connections that we're hoping pay off. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, you know we'll, we'll keep you guys updated. Yeah. We're excited, I'm sure, as you all are, to drink from the teat of Pappy. Well, if, if we get a bottle, I think we definitely need to do an episode of that. Oh, no um, doubt. No doubt. Uh, speaking of Pappy, you know, speaking of fall, I, I love fall. Apple cider, Andy. Mm, you can't go wrong with so apple good. cider. Apple cider and bourbon. Apple cider so and good. bourbon. The, the uh, you got the fire pits. You can you light a fire while you're doing that. Uh, looks like we got a we got a little bit of a got a little bit of a sirens there. Uh, you live in a big city or a medium sized city like Cincinnati, you're gonna get a little a It'll little happen. bit of that. Um, I, uh, apologies from us here at Distilled Discussions, but uh, again, we're super excited for um, for for fall. You know, you can get your fire going, drink some apple cider, drink some bourbon. And um, uh, and hopefully you'll uh, lock down some pappy in the meantime. And uh, speaking of which, uh, we let's dive right in to today's episode. Andy, tell the folks out there in America everything they need to know about W. L. Weller. Sure thing. Yeah. Um, so this is a brand again, kind of a hunter's a bourbon hunter's um, treasure to find. A little bit, uh, a little bit more limited of a release in terms of how they do stuff. Absolutely. I know some of their stuff that they do, the two that we have at least, are far wider releases in their lineup. But this was a brand, again, about 150 plus years old, if rumors are to be believed on when it started. Because um, original, originally it was introduced by, as literally the name of the brand states, uh, William LaRue Weller. It was started around 1849, as far as I can see. His original uh, mash bill starts back around then. Uh, and he was one of the earlier Kentucky distillers at the time. He was one of the first, actually, to use a weeded bourbon mash bill um, where wheat was the secondary grain in it. So, of course, all bourbons, as we know, 51% corn. Most are rate, uh, most use rye as a secondary grain. He was... As far as I could find, at least, the 
first person to use on a wild wide scale use uh, yeah. wheat as a secondary grain and then barley absolutely and weller of course right on whether you're doing green label red label right there it says the original weeded bourbon yeah so they they that's something they definitely tout as a big um big factor in their success it is definitely a very good bourbon it's one of the better ones weeded bourbons Mm -hmm. in my experience in tasting yeah and it goes all the way back this is a very uh this is a very classic um old school american bourbon andy wl weller was actually a neutral spirit in the civil war Um, although two weller brothers fought during the civil war on the side of the confederacy william and charles both actually stayed neutral during the civil war uh, because they wanted to sell whiskey they wanted wanted to sell whiskey to both uh, sides right there kentucky is right on the border louisville 90 minutes from and and we're 10 minutes from the dividing line between north and south and, uh, we, we, you know, with where, you know, the Mason-Dixon line actually goes right across uh, uh, the Ohio River is the Mason-Dixon line here between yeah. Kentucky and Ohio. And, and Louisville is only 90 minutes south of us. And they stayed there in Louisville to be selling whiskey. Uh, we, the original, we did whiskey, bourbon, to both the Union and the Confederacy. Lots of money to be made there. Yeah. And so to be distinct there, it's neutral in the sense that they sold it to both sides. Not that it was actually like a true neutral spirit in terms of flavor like something like vodka right. is right of course. it still has a very it still had a very very distinct flavor of course i would assume yeah. i haven't I, I don't even know if any bottles from that era exist but right. i would assume probably not and i and yeah. i and it's and i hope they weren't also neutral about the positions being taken during the civil war i hope yeah. they were anti-slavery Hopefully. Who knows at that time, uh, but uh, especially since they were technically in the South. Um, but they were certainly neutral in the fact that they wanted to make money, wanted to sell to both. <laughs> they wanted to provide one of the greatest bourbons of all time to both sides of, of the war. Now, we talked about Michter's was sold during the Revolutionary War. Uh, George Washington allegedly used it to warm up his, his uh, soldiers. Looks like Weller was maybe it's kind of the, the bourbon of the Civil War in a way. Yeah, yeah, definitely one of those ones that has those ties to the Civil War probably arguably the second biggest war in american history i i would say um i think more americans died in the civil war than any other war i yeah i think so because everyone who was dying yeah. were, americans. <laughs> were americans yeah so i you know i'd agree with that um and you know that was something that really kick-started everything for them but it really wasn't until the 20th century you know like the early to mid 1900s uh that the brand really took off. And the reason for that was, you know, yeah, he was selling the bourbon. Um, William Weller was selling it predating, obviously, uh, the 1900s. But around the 1930s-ish, uh, they actually started the Weller Distributing Company started or helped start the um, Stitzel Weller Distillery down in Shively, Kentucky, or which is in the Louisville area. And this was kind of a co, um, co-founding of the, or co-creation out of the, Sti- um, the Weller Distributing Company and the AP uh, Stitzel Distillery, which ran from about 1935 to 72, creating their actually their own product. And then now they're actually a, where the distillery is now is a home for um, bullets, like their stop on the bourbon trail. Okay. But 
it was something that they that's really where they the Weller name and brand first really got its white I would say at least as far as I could find really got its huge widespread success mm-hmm. was operating at the Stitzel Weller distillery and it was something that they were one of the you know it was something that they really sold from there and they were one of the actually the only few distilleries that was able to be selling during prohibition being this titsel distillery yeah it was one of those one of those few and we've covered a couple of them already i actually love how uh efficient we've been at covering the um those legal medicinal uh bourbons during the uh, yeah during the prohibition era there we've covered a lot of them already again we have i i live in this house we're recording this house now where that was built during prohibition it's very much uh uh, you know, it's interesting and it's just lovely in a lot of ways that these bourbons were allowed to be distilled medicinally, even though yeah. for some reason Congress decided they wanted to outlaw bourbon, which led to a litany of issues, of uh, organ- the rise in organized crime. But they still wanted it to be legal for some people. Kind of crazy. Seems like it's it was just I think prohibition then was just as absurd as prohibition of things like marijuana are now where one day it's going to be legal to everywhere it's going to be legal to everyone it's been allowed medicinally and and recreationally in some places uh, even during prohibition everyone was using it you know during right now everyone yeah. is using you know hundreds of millions of people around the world use weed regularly um, so it's just kind of funny that they, we you know we, we outlawed bourbon then or you know, whiskey and alcohol used. then we still outlaw certain substances now still used um, it's just kind of uh, harkens back to a, a a simpler time, but a time where Americans just, you know, are we, we really haven't changed that much in a lot of ways. Not at um, all. But it, it just, we have fantastic products that were illegal back then. We have fantastic products that are still illegal now. Um, but everyone wants to enjoy them. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that w- people were allowed to still use W.L. Weller during Prohibition, even though it's somewhat, hip- it was very hypocritical in a lot of ways. And I'm glad people are still able to, to drink it now and to use other products that are very yeah. uh, beneficial and uh, enjoyable now. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree with you on that. I mean, it's something that, you know, I'm very glad that the Weller brand and name is still around today that we can enjoy. And it's definitely one of the most prominent uh, weeded bourbons for us to enjoy uh, in today's age. Absolutely. And that, but prohibition didn't kill it. No, it it definitely did not. I mean, it was something. It kind of went off the map a little bit. It was a little bit smaller of a brand at that time, um, and it was kind of something that Stitzel, um, the Stitzel Distillery, as I said, really brought them in and started making it. They had a little bit smaller of an operation. I want to say only twenty five ish thousand barrels that they could do at that time or less, if I remember my. Do you know uh, how many barrels they're doing currently? Um, well, they're with Buffalo Trace now, so I would imagine right. they're probably doing more. Of course. Uh, the Weller brand, at least. Yeah, yeah. But the Stitzel Weller Distillery, I think, can do, can hold 80-something thousand, maybe, now? I don't remember exactly. Gotcha. Off the top of my head, without yeah. researching it. But... They came back pretty quickly after, not quite, we did, um, 
we, we, we uh, recorded our Jim Beam episode last week. We talked about how uh, they came back so fast, so hard, so yeah. quickly after after uh, Prohibition, 120 days they, that Jim Beam was back up on and, and yeah. running. Uh, but uh, W.L. Weller wasn't quite as quick, but it got going back pretty quickly after Prohibition. It's, yeah, it slowly but surely came back. Within two, three years of the end of Prohibition, it came back, um, which I'm thankful for. Like it, like it, and uh, I know a lot. I have a lot of friends, you included, John, that like it too. Um, but they've definitely had a rough history in terms of ownership over the years. So it was kind of something that, you know, priest. It's a Weller. We don't really know exactly outside of William Larue Weller distilling it. Hey Andy, ownership. I, I, w- I want to cut you off here real quick because I want to touch yeah. base more a little bit on them coming back from Prohibition. Because I think they came back in such a, a flashy way, and it was, um, and they came back in a way with a, a certain individual that I think you might want to give a shout out. Oh to. yeah, oh um, yeah. Especially because we mentioned them pre- earlier. Yeah, in the, yeah, in the yeah. Podcast. Um, so this is something that I was kind of, I was going to talk about, but it's it's someone that all of us probably know. Um, actually, was involved early on with it, Pappy Van Winkle, and. That's not his actual name. I don't remember what his actual first name is, but Pappy Van Winkle and the Van Winkle family. I don't remember what year they uh, started operating the Stitzel, started running the Stitzel Weller Distillery, but the Van Winkle family started selling their bourbon as well as Weller and other various bourbons out of the Stitzel Weller Distillery pretty much right after Prohibition. And they have a very close tie to it. Right. And both, once they kind of closed down, once the Stitzel Weller Distillery closed down in 72, those two brands were kind of lost in the woods, but eventually sold off to Sazerac and Buffalo Trace. But very, very close ties together. His, his real name was Julian P. Pappy Van Winkle. Okay. Pappy okay. was his nickname. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it, it's, uh, you know... Not only, you know, Pappy Van Winkle is obviously one of the most sought after bourbons in the world. And because of that close connection, W.L. Yeah. Weller actually is also a very, uh, yeah. a very, very uh, sought after bourbon. It really is, uh, you know, one of the most exclusive bourbons that is somewhat yet still, uh, it's still in your grasp, within your grasp. It's in your reach because of uh, the price point. But um, a lot of people like it because of how closely it is connected and tied to Pappy Van Winkle, yeah. something that is much more difficult to find. Uh, W.L. Weller 12-year and Pappy Van Winkle 12-year are actually both made at Buffalo Trace. I believe all the products are yeah, made Yeah, literally there all the products are Buffalo made Buffalo Trace. Uh, they use the same recipe. The difference is the difference is in the aging of the barrels, which can be uh, you can vary slightly, uh, but it is, of course, noticeable. Uh, yet, despite their most identical recipes and flavors, W.L. Weller is easier to find and at about $25 a bottle for the green, maybe $60, I would say, for 50, the red, 60 for, the for, for the antique 107. Um, you know, you're getting a lot more bang for your buck than what you would with the Pappy, which is, I, I mean, what, $900 a bottle, so $1,000 a bottle, if at, you can even at, find it. At MSRP, I actually was talking with about this with another friend. Um, so the standard special reserve, before we go into Pappy prices, the special reserve Weller and the antique 107 Weller, I think you're about right. I'm able to find it for about 25 for the special reserve and about 5060 for the antique 107. Yeah. Go to the Pappy for their for their not like actual Pappy, but like Van Winkle labeled family brands. 
are about 90 to 100 bucks. But then once you get into like the old rip and the Pappy Van Winkle's 15 through 23 years that they offer are about 120 to 200 dollars a bottle. Right. So a little bit more expensive based on MSRP, mm-hmm. but secondary market I know if you're selling it, if you can find it online for people who are selling it on the secondary or third uh, tertiary market, yeah, hundreds, like triple to quadruple that price at minimum. So probably right. like eight hundred to a thousand bucks for sure. Probably minimum that yeah, you're finding. From absolutely. Secondary so that's why the, the that's why the Weller Red Label is so difficult to to find, uh, and why people are it's so you know why it's so sought after. I uh, I have a local liquor store here that I've mentioned multiple times. Um, great great people, the Madeira, yeah. Madeira Spirits or Spirits of Madeira, uh, here in Cincinnati, Ohio area, and they literally will get on certain days they'll get in you know like three cases of the green, three cases of the Antique 107, the red. And by, you know, they open at like 10 or 11 or something like that. And by close, they are it's out gone. of all of them. And yeah. you literally have a line people, of people out the door. Away, or, you know, before they even open, you have a line of people outside waiting to get this because it is so sought after. And the the the, the, the Antique 107, especially, it's basically, it's like a brother of Pappy Van Winkle. It's basically, it's basically yeah. Pappy. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I'd agree. I've had a chance to try at least a Pappy 15-year-old. And I would say it's... To my taste, at least, it's almost indistinguishable. Right, and I would I would say it's well deserved the hype and the reason that people sit there and seek out any of the Weller products. Like it's well deserved because it's so good. Yeah, but they've definitely had their challenges in getting out there over the years. I mean, like I said, it's a, it's a brand that really. Ha- you know, was good during the 1800s, was able to be sold during the, during Prohibition period. Then after Prohibition, was um, operating at Stitzel Weller until 72. They've had their challenges with ownership. I know that, as we've discussed with some other brands. Um, between about 72 and then 1999, they changed hands like numerous times until they're now at... Um, with the Sazerac company and being distilled and sold out of the Buffalo Trace Distillery, where they're still sold out of. So they've had, you know, they've definitely had their um, challenges there. And something that even brings them even more into Americana, though, that I would think of, when they were at the Titsel Weller, they started redistilling it on probably the biggest. Bourbon Day in Kentucky history. Derby Day. <laughs> One of the biggest drinking days in yeah. all of America. At least in America. Yeah. So Absolutely. Those are those are great reasons. Yeah. And that's when they actually started up distilling in nineteen thirty five. So it was Pappy and like you said, it was Pappy passing on to his son Julian Van Winkle in nineteen sixty five. But it's something that it's still Weller as a brand has just continued to have such a continuous, consistent, good product through all those years, through the changing of all those hands till now. Right. Such a good product. Absolutely. Weller, you know, actually Weller was so committed uh, to showcasing the quality of his bourbon that he was actually compelled to leave his mark on every single barrel to ensure its authenticity. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did so by pressing a green thumbprint 
of his that he that he really kind of uh, trademarked on each barrel to ensure that the customers were receiving the real stuff. The, the, the you know the, the yeah. big cojona, Andy. Uh, he also reportedly uh, coined the slogan "Honest Whiskey at an Honest Price." Uh, you know him, Pappy. They wanted to make the best quality bourbon. They wanted to make some money, but really, what they wanted to focus on was they wanted to make the best bourbon in yeah. the world. They, yeah, they were more focused on the quality of the product instead of the price of it. And they were pretty effective. I mean, yeah, you look at Weller, you see the price, you see the quality. Uh, I mean, it, it's hard to find. The pr- it's not, you know, the, the, the Antique 107 is not cheap, but it's definitely it's worth, worth the price. The, exactly. Yeah, no, no, I definitely agree with you there. And it, on, it is honest whiskey at an honest price. Yeah, honest whiskey at an honest price, all of their products. Um, unfortunately, I, I haven't had to the chance to really try many of their products only the antique 107 and the special reserve maybe their 12 year bourbon like once or twice if i've been lucky and remember correctly mm-hmm. but it's been something you know that it like you said honest whiskey at an honest good price um which i think brings us kind of into their the brands that they have um like we've been saying special reserve it's a 90 proof um bourbon and very good tasting at that proofage um then of course the antique 107 the 107 being the proof uh in the name so they are connected yeah they very much are connected gotcha because we've i believe we've done a bourbon previously where the proof and the number were the same but they didn't have the same connection well wild turkey well well wild turkey had the proofage in the name were the same because they have the wild turkey 101 which is 101 proof right but i think there was there might have been one i can't remember which one specifically but there might have been one that we had yeah that was differing in the name and what the yeah you'll just have to go back and listen to all the old, old episodes of distilled discussions that you can find on apple podcast spotify or wherever you get your podcasts exactly and they have a few others of course they're um single barrel at a 97 proof. I haven't been able to find that one. A lot of these ones, that one and on, are a lot tougher to find. Um, of course, they have the full proof, 114 proof, non-chill filtered. And then they have a, they at least had a 12-year 90 proof. And then they had a uh, Weller CYPB, Crafter Perfect Bourbon, that was a very limited release I want to say 2013 or 2014, maybe that they did that. I believe was, it was in November of 2015 that Buffalo Trace launched the WL Weller Craft Your Perfect Bourbon, the CYPB White okay. Label, um, where you know there's they they it's really a pretty cool story. They had that they they had this inter they they launched this website where there's this interactive experience that actually allowed fans and and, and bourbon enthusiasts, which I'm sure everyone who listens to this show is, to actually learn about and to create their own bourbon, a bourbon that is actually specifically and perfectly crafted for your palate. We all have, we're all different in, in, in many ways and we all have different preferences when it comes to yeah. our alcohols and our bourbons. So that was a really nice, a, a really cool, unique experience. The process entailed uh, the choice of a bourbon recipe, the placement in the warehouse for aging, the number of actual years that you age the bourbon, and of course, uh, the final proof uh, for bottling. Uh, you know, the, the site actually matched imbibers with a Weller expression that best fits their performance uh, as well. Uh, this, this uh, you know, this was actually, a, you know, really, really great um, uh, option and experience yeah. that they provided for fans. Uh, my, my friend uh, and uh, and boss, actually, at my, my, my current company, uh, his name is David. He actually has a bottle of the CYPB um, that he just got not too long ago. 
And he was very excited about it. He cracked it open for the first time just a couple, a few months back, and uh, he was telling me all about it. Was was uh, teasing, maybe giving me a little sample of it. Uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, David, come on, hook me up, bro. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, very, you know, very unique, very cool. Um, yeah, glad to see that they, uh, did, you know, did something like that. Yeah, and it's something they bottled it at night. What they found in it. First off, they ended up bottling it all, roughly about ninety-five proof. But what they found actually is that, you know, 170 or so years ago, William LaRue Weller, the founder of Weller, actually was, if you will, onto something in that what they ended up distilling for this specific Weller was a weeded recipe. That's like what the fans of it and everybody that voted on it ended up creating. So it was kind of like full circle there a little bit that they kind of validated yeah, them, proved them right. They needed it, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then they've, and the last product they've had on there um, is part of the Buffalo Trace antique collection. It's the William Luru Weller barrel proof and unfiltered product. Yep. And that's something that, um, again, one of those rare bourbon finds that you can find every fall. It's a, I want to say it's a September release, mm. the Buffalo Trace antique collection. Because gotcha. they have that and one or two stags and like a couple other offerings there but um you know it, it's something that all across that lineup as far as i've been able to try and hear from people very 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 good offerings yeah excellent the, reviews the uh, william laurel weller barrel proof uh, like you said it's unfiltered it's uncut it's hand bottled at barrel proof Really, really uh, high quality stuff there. Part of that uh, Buffalo Trace antique collection. Yeah. You can't complain. I mean, really, when you're looking at Buffalo mm-hmm. Trace, when you're looking at uh, Weller, when you're looking at Pappy, you see all of these kind of based there in that same spot, all produced there. I mean, they're knocking out of the park, Andy. Yeah, they're really killing the game with them all. Bartenders, critics, they all agree. Weller is a, is a special breed, you know, especially the uh, Antique 107. Um, you know, it's it's unbelievably reasonable in price compared to Pappy. It's a lot of bartenders and critics even think it's smoother and has a softer finish than Pappy, uh, yet is yeah. much more affordable. So when, you, when you're looking at uh, the price point, when you're looking at the quality, I mean, it's difficult to find, but you're hard-pressed when you can find it to find a bourbon that is, uh, is, is more is superior. No, no, I, I definitely agree with you there. There's not many bourbons in the price point, at least that their antique one Oh seven and special reserve are that are as good, if not better than the Wellers, those two Wellers at least. 100%. And I having at least tried, as I said, that happy 15 year, um, and the old rep 10 year, I would say they're very, very competitive and almost beat them out for, you know, significantly cheaper price points. Right. Absolutely. All right, Andy. It is about that time. It's It's time for the tasting. It's our very, very favorite time of the episode. Absolutely. All right, guys. So we are going to, of course, of course, start out with the green label, the Weller uh, Special Reserve. Clocking in 45% alcohol, 90 Proof. So everyone, go ahead and pour yourself a drink of the Special Reserve Weller and uh, join us in this incredible tasting. Yeah. All right, folks. So let's do the tasting for the Special Reserve. We're going to start off, of course, with the nose. Let's give it a little sniff, Andy. The Special Reserve, it really kind of kicks you in the face there a little bit right off the bat. A little bit. I mean, 
not quite as bad. Right. I've, I've had some ones that kick you in the face a little bit more, a little bit hotter in terms of the prefage. Yeah. For a 90, it's not, it's not bad. No. But it's, it's still, it's in your face a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. But no, no. I'd agree with you. It's you something a lot like, of caramel. A little bit of caramel. It's, it's something that actually. I'm getting a I, lot of caramel. Actually, I texted you this. God, was that? When I opened my bottle. Vanilla, it, there was something that I kind of texted you like, was it like two weeks ago or something like that? Um, during the first debate, hmm. presidential debate here oh, in America. Yeah. Um, Trump and uh, Biden. Yeah, when I cracked open my bottle Special of it. Special occasion. Um, it, like I remarked to you in a um, text, or just texting about it. It like it reminds me almost like a cinnamon roll, that like a vanilla icing with like an orange cinnamon apple like jam or something on top of it. Yeah. Something like that on it. it that sounds it, delicious. It legitimately so good, both on the smell and on the taste of it. Of course, very sweet, very sweet, and that's what you get with that that wheat that that wheat definitely uh, bourbon. Let's yeah. give it a taste, folks. It, so good. It has a sweet taste as well. Yeah, it's it's like a sweet but smooth taste to it. It's so good. Very pleasant. Very it, pleasant for, especially like a $25 bottle. I mean, it's very... It's hard-pressed to be. Very smooth. Yeah. Uh, nice, uh, neat, sipping uh, bourbon. Yeah. I'm not crazy about it. Again, I'm getting a lot of caramel like and a lot of vanilla. Those are really the, the main yeah. flavors I'm detect- detecting. I, I can um, I think it burns... I mean, it's... I think up front, it's like a real quick burn. Yeah. You really do notice, but then it just... Dissipates. Yeah, it's like the bur- the burn of the alcohol quickly. I'd agree with you. Quickly dissipates after that first taste of it. But where yeah. I disagree with you, and it's a little bit on the taste, I get a little bit more of like a, like I was saying there. I do get the vanilla, but I get a little bit more of like a, like an apple, a hmm. little bit of orange. It's almost it's almost like I said that um, cinnamon roll with vanilla icing or almost like yeah. an I don't get as much cinnamon as you do. Yeah. Or like almost like an apple pie with vanilla in it. It like yeah. that's what I get off of it personally. I got you. Yeah, I think the finish is also very sweet and smooth. Yeah. Um little bit of a bite uh like I said, like kind of like that upfront really get you a yeah. bite just like a little nibble just let you know it's there, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, then really, really goes away very quickly. A little oakiness, uh, still a lot of caramel, but uh, I mean, $25 bottle with this with, it's with this so taste. Good. You can't really complain at all. Yeah. All right, guys. Enjoy your glass of Special Reserve, W.L. Weller. And we're going to uh, go ahead and taste the, uh, the Antique 107 here in a minute. Mm-hmm. All right, folks. I hope you all have your Antique 107 W.L. Weller red label poured because we're now going to do... The tasting of that. It's time for us to drink from the teat of Weller and Pappy. We're going to first, of course, start with the nose. Mm, that is a lovely smell. Yeah. It's it's definitely still a very, very smooth smell that you get off a weeded bourbon. That is a, that is such... I mean, honestly, that is a incredibly smooth smell for a bourbon that clocks in at a 107 proof. Yeah. That's that's insane. That's fifty three and a half percent alcohol. Yeah, it's very good. Dark fruit. I'm getting a lot of dark fruit. Still getting a little bit of that a caramel vanilla mix that you got in the last one, but it's still just. I feel like it's so much smoother. Like a vanilla. I I get a lot more like that vanilla cherry smell. Yeah, like a vanilla a plum. The, you see, I get a little oak at the end there. A little bit. 
Absolutely. Let's do a tasting, guys. Oh, wow. That's good. So good. That's that's a, a very full-bodied, smooth bourbon. Yeah. I mean, at that proofage, that's one of the best ones I've ever tried. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I'm finally getting a little bit of that cinnamon you were discussing in that first Ooh, one. Yeah. It's funny because you're getting less cinnamon and I'm getting more. We kind of flipped on the cinnamon train there yeah. on, the, on these I, I don't get. I mean, I kind of get it, but not as much as I get with just a special reserve. I'm still getting the cherry. I'm still getting the dark... The dark fruit, just like the, like yeah. the cherry, uh, a little bit of oak as well. Uh, you know, I think it's uh, holding up pretty steadily across the smell. It holds up very and well. And the palate, the nose and the palate there. I think the cinnamon, I'm getting kick, a little kick of cinnamon at the end, like that little spicy finish. I can see that. But it's just so smooth that you can barely even notice it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, it's a very, very, it's... I kind of get it like a little bit of like a nutmeg or cinnamon on the end, but it's yeah. like powdered cinnamon. It's not like that fireball type cinnamon flavor that you get. Oh yeah, it's nothing like no, nothing like fireball. Nowhere near like that artificial cinnamon flavor that you get from some other flavored liqueurs and stuff. Right, right. It's like it is a true, true pow like true cinnamon flavor there. Absolutely. All right, Andy, let's wrap this one up. Uh, what are your final thoughts on W.L. Weller? It, it, it's a brand with a long and storied history. I love their history. Um, and I would definitely say, given the given my tasting on the bourbon, I would say if you can find a bottle of it, buy it no matter what the price is. It's well worth the price. So I would, I, Yeah, I would say buy the red at the... I would say buy the green, buy the red if you have them. I don't know if I'd say buy them regardless of price. I'm not going to sit here and say, say that, buy the red label if it's $1,000 bottle. Maybe not that you might far, as well just buy but, Pappy at that point. Yeah, I mean, that might be excessive, but they're well if, worth if the price the, point that they're at now. You can. That's the whole point, though. If you can get the if you can get the bottle in your hand, you should buy it. Yeah. But I don't think... Even if, I think it's more about getting the bottle versus what the price is actually going to be because I don't think because exactly. that's the nice thing it's an honest whiskey honest bourbon honest price I don't think you're going to have any issues with that price point you know no. if you can't buy a fifty dollar bottle of bourbon like you shouldn't even be thinking about buying Red Label Weller the Antique One Hundred Seven but if you it's really more about if you can get it in your possession you should buy that because who knows when you're going to be able to find another one exactly you're exactly right John. All right, folks, that's it from us. That's it from us this week. Make sure you go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to subscribe, leave a review, and listen to every episode of Distilled Discussions. Share it with your friends. Tell your friends about it. I just bumped into a guy at the liquor store today, and I told him about the podcast. Make sure you're sharing it with your family, your friends, everyone you know on social media, downloading, listening. We love you guys so much. Have a great week. Pour yourself another whiskey, and don't worry, America. We'll be here to drink with you next week.